In 2020, we were going to launch like seven new programs. The COVID came and the big boss said, no, we need to launch as many as we can. So we had uh, almost 50 programs and we started that crazy race. And sure. we went from 200 students to 4,500. E-learning, creating e-learning courses for educational institutions and the future of education. In this Bernie Chats clip with Bernardo Robledo, we'll discuss these topics as well as Bernardo's experience exporting courses to other countries. Let's get started. So welcome, Bernardo. Thank you for joining Bernie Chats today. Hey, Bernie. Uh, how are you? Oh, doing great. So everybody meet Bernardo. Bernardo and I first met studying international trade at BCIT. Bernardo is involved in e-learning and creating programs for e-learning for a very large uh, national college. So we'll be talking about subjects in that area. You're heavily involved in e-learning now. And that's been yes, part of correct. your background, obviously, with the course, the foreign trade course. Too. I started with some courses from FIT, yeah, right. here in, in Vancouver. Uh, we started incorporating those uh, international business management programs online. And I worked for many years for a, a big financial group in, in Colombia, in Bogota, the capital. Uh, I was in marketing, basically, so financial marketing for more than 14 years. And it was the first experience in Colombia for social media and internet marketing and all of this. So I learned from a Canadian company called WSI that oh, okay. we simplified internet. I learned from them. And uh, actually, I started applying all of this internet marketing um, strategies for the bank. And we had this was a, a big financial group with more than 14 companies. So. I started uh, basically creating the from scratch, like the websites and starting to do something about social media and all of that in the financial sector. This was the first experience in Colombia. So many people didn't know even uh, what websites were for or SEO or something like that. That was very new. So Great. I was a pioneer. I can say that in the financial sector and um, when I was working with this group, I got a call from uh, a franchise of WSI in Colombia. And they called me and they said, hey, do you want to come and work for us? I was already finishing my cycle, I think, in, in this group. So I said, yeah, I'm going to go and do something different. I want to start getting involved more and more with the uh, internet marketing in general. So right. I went there. I started taking courses online. Uh, from Broward University and from Miami University about the internet. WSI has a, a really good academy. So I learned like basically all the basic stuff and, and started there. I had in my mind that I wanted to move to Canada like someday. And then you moved right. to Canada. So what happened here? Um, when we got here, that? I was in my PR process. So basically right. I couldn't work. So right. I said, okay, I'm going to study. I'm going to take some courses. I said, well, I need to improve my English. I want to start like updating my skills. And so I started taking courses at BCIT. I okay. started taking marketing courses. So right. I said, okay, I'm going to maybe get a certificate or something 
And when I did my second course in BCIT about marketing, I saw the FIT uh, uh, certificate. I had some experience before in right. international business as well. So I said, okay, I'm going to improve this. And that's why I started taking that uh, certificate. And FIT, of course, is Foreign International Trade Training. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And actually, my, my capstone project was to take that certificate to Colombia. Right. So, so we can course. teach. We you spearheaded took... taking the course exactly. and translating it to Spanish. Yes, exactly. Then... All the textbooks and all the content and everything. So basically, we exported education from Canada to Colombia. And right. we had a, a partner there that was the Chamber of Commerce. And they uh, helped us and set up all the sales part. And we had a, a university where we partnership with them. So we started this for almost four years. So I was teaching every three, every four months. I will go there and teach. I was teaching here as well. Yep. So, so where is your course now? Is it still being taught in Colombia? Unfortunately, no. Because okay. the currency exchange with the peso, with the Colombian peso, the dollar went really up. So what happened is that this certificate from, from Canada is competing with master's degree. Okay. So people obviously prefer to have a master's degree. So if the master's, the cost of getting a master's was here, then the, the cost of getting the diploma in international trade rose because of the exchange rate to about the same exactly. level. Exactly. And now so, they are competing. Okay, yeah. I got it. So we, we end up that basically that project, that's been like three okay. years already. So I think it, it, it was fair. Uh, they still have the, the experience. And I think there were some talks between FIT and Mexico mm -hmm. because they still have all the material in Spanish. So yeah, still, the other thing is uh, from the beginning, I started basically asking fit to have it online as well oh, so right. they will save a lot of money to do it online and and they can teach anywhere in the world like in english and spanish and french or many other languages right. so now with well i started the project with this organization uh almost three years ago we launched uh two programs accounting and payroll and business and digital marketing and we did it for one year to really low profile, something like to learn from the process and see if all the- it's Almost like a beta the, model, almost like a, a beta model and yep. minimum to, viable to, product. To see minimum viable product, exactly. And we got to 200 students. So it was really good, good uh, learning curve. Right. And um, the COVID came. So in 2019, 2020 we were going to launch like seven new programs and obviously the big boss said no we need to launch as many as we can so so we had uh, almost 50 programs and we started that crazy race in the last well in 2020 was amazing and sure. we went from 200 students to Today, we have 4,500, close 4, to. 4,500 students on that how many is, programs? On the 50 programs? On the 50 programs. We have oh. uh, programs that goes from accounting and business. We yeah. have a pharmacy. We have a social service worker. Right. We have, um, uh, what's the other ones? Legal assistant. Um, 
graphic design. Now, now, are these all one-year programs or? They're diplomas. They're almost two years. So most of them are two-year programs. So yes. typical, typical college-level yep. type of programs, and and students <laughs> are enrolling and taking the whole program online. Online, correct. What kind of? They, uh, I guess there's two sides to that. I'd like to explore. One of them is the technology and the process, mm-hmm. and the other is the students' um, level of engagement and how that all works. Like okay. uh, what the, what you're finding as far as the student mm-hmm. feedback and. And uh, is it as uh, efficient and informative or educational as the traditional system of going into a yes. class and yes, absolutely. Let's go back and, and check sure. one thing. The when when we started this project, I started learning from obviously uh, all the compliance and regulations from the the government the local governments because all, right. every program is is registered in each in each province so i started learning that bc is really good for online uh, we have ptiv that is the the government institution for private uh, colleges how is that how is that uh, acronym spelled p t p t i v p t i v okay uh-huh. that's the part of the uh, Ministry of Education of BC that is taking care of the private colleges. Okay. In Calgary, in Alberta, is the Ministry of Education. In in Ontario, is the Ministry of Education, and so go on. Like in most most of the provinces, the Ministry of Education. Most of the regulations that we have in general in Canada for online, they're very strict, and they're very. Uh, not so friendly for online. Mm. So, meaning uh, most of the province don't believe until now, obviously, because now we have COVID and and they had to open, Mm -hmm. but uh, they didn't believe much in the online education. So they didn't didn't think that online would be a a, a cheaper or substitute for traditional. Exactly. Was not as, as good as the on ground. Right. So I'm I'm pretty sure they had some cases, of course, and you sure. will find many schools having not so well designed programs. But meaning, after this COVID thing started, they were forced like to open that and start promoting and and basically pushing everybody from on ground to online, on ground to online using Zoom or using Teams. So it was more asynchronous delivery but not a content delivery of the courses so basically they will have the same instructor like we're doing right now but all the content and everything was still like in in, not not set up inside a platform for them to check so they have to still check the textbooks and the exams and all of that will be pdfs and all of this and they started using more and more the platform but it was not so friendly at the beginning. Right. So uh, still we struggle with some some province like uh, uh, Quebec or Ontario even is not so so friendly to establish a, an online delivery. But the thing is, if you uh, know how to deliver and how to design uh, content for online and, and uh, let's say, and the structure, a course, you will see that eventually will be better than 
the one you have on ground because you have so many different tools and things that you can use for online right that eventually it all depends on the instructor to normally have the same options or the same resources that normally don't have them so i have proved that some of the programs are better delivered online than on ground so so how did you prove that what kind of metrics did you use uh... Basically, we, we can, we have a feedback, we have students, we have feedback from students, basically, and we check quality, uh, we check uh, engagement, uh, we check behavior of the students when they're taking an on-ground or online course. The most important thing is the feedback from students. Do you learn more from on-ground to online? Uh, where, what do you, uh, what kind of delivery model do you prefer? So there's many uh different uh, more, of a, um, more of a survey right more surveys and more and uh, we established some some uh obviously kpis and indicators so we can basically see that which programs not all the programs are easy to deliver online as others okay. like there are some programs that are very difficult let's say practical nursing well you have to do a lot of physical uh practical right. so you need to deliver these programs blended. But some other programs like all the IT, the business ones, the legal ones, you can do a really good content and you can create very exciting courses and people will love them. The thing is you need to learn how to teach online. I mean, it's not easy. Uh, you need to prepare this content so it, you need to have a really good uh, LMS platform. So you need to have a lot of good tools so you can deliver very good education. We have been improving a lot. Like we, we have uh, programs like in design and interior design, architectural, graphic design. Um, mm -hmm. What's the other one? Um, merchandising and marketing for fashion. We have uh, uh, 3D animation, we have gaming. So we have really tough programs that eventually you will feel like it's very difficult to deliver online as well as on ground. And we have several students that they prefer to have it online because the, the resources and the content that we have created is way more better than what they receive on ground. Okay, and it's more standardized, I guess? Yes, and it's more engaging. I, I have learned in, in, I don't know, 20 years of, of e-learning that I have been developing courses and content that uh, we have different methodologies of ways of, of structuring a course and making sure that they can learn and practice at the same time. So that's the, the most important thing is to, to engage the student and to make them feel part of, of something. Uh, it is very important to follow up with them and to make them feel that somebody is there with them as well, not to leave them. I mean, we're not a Coursera or Udemy. We, we are regulated. We have to follow certain number of hours a week. So when you said it's online, it's not that they can do it whenever they want. No, they still have to follow a schedule. Uh, uh, Curriculum. They have grades. They have a curriculum, so it's it's just regulated. So it's okay. it's not as as easy as a, a Coursera or an open platform for a mock for 
right. for online. So it's different. Online learning. Uh, yep. And so and so, you said the facilitator, the professor, the teacher, if you will, mm -hmm. um, has to be in contact. Is is it that the person that's in contact with the students on a regular basis? Normally, it is the instructor. Mainly, they we follow them with uh, the students with Zoom emails. Or... We have uh, discussion forums. We have chats. Okay. So it all depends on what what uh, features and tools you have developed in your platform. So there's many many things that you can establish. Normally, normally I can say it's an email, unless they have a really emergency something they cannot have access. Let's say they right. cannot uh, access they cannot have access to their uh, course in the morning. So normally they send an email to student service. So student right. service will help them go through and log in. Technology side. So there is a, a customer service, let's say uh, the student service, we call it a department, that is constantly obviously supporting students. But uh, so, are, so are most of the courses, are they um, are they pre-recorded or is the professor actually explaining? There's different ways of, of doing it. Like so there's- the professor can- yeah, there's the way he wants live synchronous. So meaning you're getting the information live online. Right. So like we're doing right now, I have seen in, in National College, they have a lot of students like that, that they uh, uh, have the four hours. You have to be connected like this with the instructor. Wow. And uh, if you ask me, I don't like that much because it is heavy it is tough for the student mm -hmm. and for the instructor as well right so it's it's i think you can't, you can't just take a break or four hours pause. they will have a break and all of that but four hours online is too much like yeah. it's is very I, I don't know how are they doing with the schools now that they have the the children like six mm -hmm. hours in front of a computer that's absurd. Like it, it couldn't be like that. It should right. be like, in that case, uh, I think it's better to have them, let's say, a portion of the of the course synchronous and the other part of asynchronous. Meaning, they will do their, they have to go and and receive content that is already created. So they have uh, uh, videos, they have games, they have uh, PDFs or readings or books. I see. So there's many things that you can do. So the, the, the more you can mix them, the better. Mm -hmm. uh, if you ask me, the perfect education for a university or of a college will be blended, meaning during the week, they will check all their lessons and readings and content by themselves. And they will go and practice on Friday or Saturday. Normally, there's some countries they do it on Saturday. So the students go on Saturday and practice what they learn on the week, during the week. Mm. So uh, that's the ideal, if you ask me. But normally what we do is they have a, an instructor twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, because it all depends on the time zones of, of the students. Um, and they will... In, in our case is the instructor plays a role of a mentor is more of the mm. Q and A's like questions. I have this, I, I don't understand this, whatever. If the course requires additional training, we will set up additional 
like hours for the instructor. Let's say like the, the especially those courses that are uh, software courses, Photoshop, Illustrator, mainly mm. they can take it themselves. And there's a lot of resources and videos and stuff for them to learn, but they also have one, two hours with the instructor to practice. Sure. And, and fill in the gaps on anything that they're not the quite getting or trying to figure out. Correct. Yeah, I have seen right. courses created for online way, way better than, than what I have taken. Like I have two master's degree and, and, and I have seen courses really, really better design online that on ground. Okay, great. Good. So, because you have to put more effort, of I course, was, it takes more time. Say, you have to make sure it's good before you. Oh yeah. You, you have to put a lot of time. Product, and, right? if you want to produce your own videos. So it costs more, of course, you have to create the content. Yeah. You have to, there's a lot of tools now, there's a lot of software so you can use and, and create really fancy things and, and good things like are games. There, are there um, software or tools that mm -hmm. come to mind that might be available for people who are you know, uh, getting into that or, or maybe other course creators or maybe even other schools? Are there, tools and resources mm -hmm. that come to mind that you could share with us? Yes, of course. There's Articulate 360. Articulate, we have Articulate, Articulate 360. 360 is really good for creating different pieces like presentations, animations, incorporating content into a more dynamic uh, way of, of presenting to students. So more interactive, let's say. Mm -hmm. So you can have quizzes, you can have uh, games, uh, presentations, and many other different. There's a lot of uh, things you can do with Articulate. Most of the people that work with me, they know Articulate and they create other things like in Moodle. We use Moodle. Moodle oh, has yeah, a lot of Moodle, M-O-O-D-L-E. Moodle. Okay, got it. Most of the, well, Moodle has a lot of new features. They, they create additional resources for their platform. They have one thing they call H5P. It's a third-party creator, and they basically partnership with them for Moodle, and they have created a lot of tools, and you can embed it into the platform. So basically, uh, what you can do in Articulate, you can basically use this H5P and do, well, let's say not exactly, but you can still make a, a really good and exciting content, make it look better. So, right. so uh, we have used that too as well. There's many things you can use uh, Camtasia for all the video and audio. Uh, there's other like resources, free resources. There's a lot of things for video production. Mm. There's other for creating uh, videos like uh, Doodly or there's so many, every time mm. that I take a course or something about uh, e-learning, mm -hmm. there's more and more free resources even. So if right. you want to set up your own course, mainly you can use a lot of free resources and you can do something really good. So. Can you walk me through quickly the process? Mm -hmm. So you get an idea, you get an idea for a course, or you have a course that you need to do. Betting you have a, an expert that create your your curriculum, let's okay. say your program. Right. Once you have the program, and you have to obviously make it approved by the government or the regulator. 
Okay. Once you have it approved, you uh, obviously sit down and plan like a project. So yeah, you take fine. all your uh, learning objectives and all the main parts of a curriculum and you create a program outline. Once you have the program outline, normally you will design the course as you want to deliver. It all depends on the length of the course as well. So let's say a two-week course is a 40-hour course. So that means that's four hours a day. That means you have to create content for four hours a day. That means the students have to do four hours a day as they were on ground, on class. So they have to read, they have to, yes. That's that's why it is very, and sometimes this content is way more better than the one the instructor brings to you on ground. Because you have to hire people and you have to hire professionals to do this content. So it's not only the instructor that has been working for many years in the industry is really good, of course he knows, but he doesn't know how to build a an academic course. That's something that you need to learn. Most of the time you hire people that are experts in building this kind of uh, content and they do their research and they build the uh, activities, assignments and everything. So based on obviously the course outline or the program outline, it all depends. Everything has to be aligned because the deliverables of that course should have to be aligned with the curriculum and the course outline. So you have to basically follow exactly what is the purpose of each course, what are they going to learn, and the length of the course, the intensity, how many quizzes, uh, is it graded or not. Uh, you, you will have to obviously establish the grading system. Uh, maybe you have to even design the rubric of the course as well. So there's many things you have to, from the academic part to develop. Once you have uh, set up all of this, you will hire normally people that are experts in the industry about uh, these kind of topics. So let's say we're gonna do accounting one and it's about SAGE, let's say. So you will hire somebody that have been normally teaching SAGE for many years. I mean, you would prefer if they have been teaching online as well. There isn't many people teaching online until last year. There was no need because there was no courses online. How many programs UBC have online? Not, yeah. not many. So, right. and, and how many experts in developing online courses in, in Canada? There are not many until last year because we had to because learn the necessity that yeah. COVID's brought on. So there's more now. When I started hiring people, it was very difficult. I'm sure because I couldn't find, and mainly the the best ones were at UBC and Simon Fraser, and I mean the biggest universities. And even though they don't have like many programs, but they do have a lot of uh, uh, content to develop. So. And at university level is different because obviously the length of the courses and programs are longer, of course. Mm -hmm. So so it was not easy. Now you can find more people that have at least one year of, of experience. When they come to us, we will train them and teach them in what we want to, to deliver. So 
it's been a really good, uh, let's say, uh, experience for the industry as well. Everybody has learned. Everybody has mm. has improved their skills. So basically, once you have the content from the expert, you will set up a, a, a structure inside the platform. So how am I going to deliver this? Am I going to have reading, watching, uh, practice, reading, plus there's many different, I mean, there's different ways that you can set up the content. Mm. It all depends on the course as, as well. Because if you have a, a legal course, let's say it's pretty much content and, and dense content, uh, you will have to create a, additional activities so you can make it more exciting. Like not that, it, it, they're very, normally they're very plain. Um, you don't want them to go and read PDFs or PowerPoints or I, I don't like that. Some yeah, people like this, some engaging. students, yeah. Some students like to have a PowerPoint, but it's because they don't want to read the book. Oh. So they want to read the PowerPoint. And so they think Cole's they notes. got, Cole's notes, yeah. right? they think they got everything from there and they don't have to read. So they can take the exam and that's not it. But uh, you can create a lot of, I mean, really nice content and and fun content so they can enjoy the, the courses. The better or the more than and the better we do and improve the content, the less drops or the less complaints we have from the students. Right. So because they get and it takes some time and, and I mean it takes like a month or two months to to learn how to deal with your course and to enjoy. Not everybody can take courses online. Of course it is, it's not easy because students online like to have their courses set up with a routine. Like today, I'm going to do this, this, this. I learned this. I practiced right. this. And then that's it. Don't don't change me anything because if I change them tomorrow or something, they will like right. follow. Yeah, they, they just. Yeah, and, and we are creatures crazy. of habit and, and uh, continuity is very important in these things. Absolutely. The so routine. it's better to, to, to make them. And it's easier for them to understand how to use the platform, and uh, and there's sure, many features and f uh, forums, and they have to uh, go inside the forum and check their peers what they're doing and comment on over. So there's many things that you can do, but the more you interact with them, the better because they feel engaged. Uh, and it's very important to have somebody always. I don't know if you have presentations. Try to have a, a small video there with the instructor talking about the presentation. Like it's, it's good right. because you see somebody there, not just a bunch of PDFs and f free, let's say, cold. Well, I, think, um, I, I could see how that would add to a sense of accountability. Mm -hmm. right? Correct. Where you feel like, okay, it's not just me doing things the way I, you know, at my own pace. There's somebody there who's exactly. engaged with me and bringing me along through the process. So I think yes. that's, that's, I think that's really key to human behavior. Actually, the teamwork is, is something that, that I think lacks a lot of times to keep you focused on the same objectives as the rest of the team. Right. Correct. The mm -hmm. other thing is uh, things have changed. So people learn differently and, and uh, I mean, we have millennials, we have generation C's and we have so many tools now that you just get the cell phone and Google something and practice. And I have seen like 
my nephews and all that using uh, Photoshop Illustrator in their cell phone. Like it's right. It's easy it, it, for them. It's easier. So, so basically, we have to do a lot of learning by doing, like practice, and sure. and they they just want to have small chunks of knowledge, and uh, don't put them to read a hundred pages and then do a quiz and then, well, maybe sometimes you have to do it because the course is like meant to be a little bit more uh, academic, but uh, try to do something more reasonable, like not, not to put them to watch a hundred videos in one week and put a quiz about, because first, if they're taking an online course is because they wanna do other things, mainly to do uh, work or something. They're full-time courses as well. I mean, full-time programs, so eventually, they will have less time to work, but most of them work. So, mm -hmm. and they will do most of their activities uh, at, at evening. So, I guess I, mean, I guess the the students' environment makes a big difference, and and their their yeah. uh, you know the accessibility concerns if they if they have challenges or if their environment Correct. is not conducive. You know, if they if they have, for instance, a loud household that might be smaller, and you know, absolutely, we have had students that they don't have a computer. Oh, <laughs> they take their courses on like the cell thing. phone, right? And and we didn't know, and they come and they said, "Oh, well, this activity and this is not working." Oh, yeah, it is working. We we checked with with the IT department, and it is no, it's not working. I'm trying to download it into my iPhone, and it doesn't work. Well, I mean, we you, have so, to. So initially, you weren't considering multi-screen environments. You were considering mostly. We, did but the problem is most some of the tools that we use to create content right. were not a hundred percent mobile friendly. Ah, uh, okay. So gotcha. the technology behind that was not. So we still like we we don't have many complaints about that, but yeah, we do sometimes. The odd ones, and and you yeah. have to, of course make sure that you're you're able to deliver your content on a multi-screen environment like that, right? Absolutely. Now you have to have a multi multi screen. Yeah, a computer, tablet, and cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have seen. Hopefully many not people... watches. Hopefully we're not taking courses on watches. Oh, watches. Yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> like. Where, I don't know where we're gonna end up, but yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. We we like screens at least yeah. to to see. So so exactly all the videos, all the content has to be friendly, mobile friendly. They have to upload really fast doesn't mean that you have a computer and you have the latest computer. No, most of the people have a normal computer that is not as fast mm -hmm. that you think. So how do you see things going forward as we let's just say that the mm -hmm. vaccine does its miracles and in a year or six months, we're out of this and we're figuring out what the new normal is going to be. As I put it to another person, we've gone through the tunnel mm -hmm. and we've come out of the tunnel and we've said, okay, Here's where we are and where we've arrived. How do you see that time being for, for education? I think the, the trend will be blended okay. more and more. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're gonna end up having uh, students going to school twice a week and, and doing mainly their chores, their things and their homework in, in, I mean, at home, having more interactive uh, videos and stuff. So I see it more blended, like both, mm -hmm. both uh, universities. I mean, I have seen uh, so many uh, 
really nice universities like uh, NYU or uh, University of uh, Phoenix or pushing more and more for online. The cost of sending a kid to school or to a university, the cost of, of paying a dorm has to be like, it's, it's a lot of money. Like, it's not only like the tuition, but how much is a rent in UBC? Like $3,000, $2,000 for a very small place, like yeah. a dorm. So there isn't many families that can afford that. I think they're going to push more and more for a blended education. Maybe part of their program will be online and the other part will be on ground. Something like that. I think so. it will be something close to that. And so, so one of the thoughts that I've had on that is that um, if you could study at any university you want without having to be there physically, mm-hmm. you would probably pick the best colleges and universities. So is, yes. is that going to cause a concentration? And I'm assuming that if you're providing the coursework online, you pretty much have an unlimited number of seats. Yes and no. Okay. Because online, you will have the opportunity to have more students. Like, sure. normally I can have a course of 100 students. You can have one instructor and have five different TAs. Right. Teacher assistants. So yes. cost for the education institution will go down, obviously. Yeah, you I can have scale seen, it up, right? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, of uh, big universities, well-known universities in the States like Harbor, uh, renting their spaces to corporations. Like I know some of the buildings of the old Harbor Square are now rented by Amazon or or okay. uh, Microsoft or wow. because there's no people. Most of those students are from online and obviously now worse. Yeah. Well, of course, but yeah, normally they're pushing more and more to, to go out. Yeah, so so more more students are going to gravitate to, you know, less universities and less colleges. I, um, I think that the high level university, let's say like Harvard, mm-hmm. Duke or something, they want to still have uh, uh, students coming to their campus to do some, let's say, part of the program because they still want them to live the life of a of a Harbor student, sure. uh, that's very important. I'm, I'm not paying a $100,000 MBA and doing it from my computer. I, I mean, yeah. that's not gonna happen. I'd like to live there in, in Boston and in Harvard or- Have the full experience. I yeah, of course. Agree. So obviously there will be some programs and some things that will, will continue being like that, but eventually they can do more and more courses online. So they don't have to stay the whole year. They can stay six months. Right. So eventually that's going to happen. Uh, in Canada, there's a lot of things to do here in, for online. I mean, there's a lot, a lot. Like the the industry of online education in Canada is, is very new. And obviously we learned from COVID, of course. Like sure. there's going to be a lot of students that don't want to go back. I'm pretty sure because of health situations or for Financial. And financial. They don't have to pay for transportation. And... Exactly. They yeah. don't have to pay additional rent. They don't have to pay food. Uh, there's many. Re- it's the same as the reasons yeah. so many companies are pushing their employees to work from home. 
education, yes, it all depends on the program. It all depends on the complexity of the program itself. Like if you're going to study, be a physician, a doctor, well, probably you can do many of the courses online, but you still have to practice. Yeah, they're talking about virtual reality, augmented reality. We are far from that. Of course, there's universities that already have them and they can um, basically op- do perform an operation for, mm-hmm. I don't know, replace a liver using virtual reality. Yeah, of course, absolutely. But not many. So in general, what's going to happen is it's going to be blended. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do all your practice inside the campus and in hospital, let's say in this case, like the IT products, most of them, they're going to be online. I'm pretty sure. So this is, so this is a growing field and a, and a good place for yep. people that are entering the workforce or looking to change their careers. Absolutely. To, to look at. Yeah, that's a new industry for, oh yeah, for for. Canada for many countries. Sure. Uh, so what, what, as, what aspects? There's a lot of aspects to that. Uh, I mean, there's there's video production, there's course curriculum creation, there's there's uh, all kinds of programming, I'm sure, and yep. content implementation. Yes. And what, and, what, what areas would you say that that are that are high, de- high demand right now? Instructional design. Instructional design. Instructional okay. design. People that can get that content and put it all together and uh, create a very uh, right. engaging course. The other thing is th- there isn't many professionals that know about the online delivery. Mm-hmm. So even teaching online, if you can learn how to teach online, if you can create this, so instructional design, user experience design, that I don't think there isn't many people that knows about that. Editors, yes, um, hmm. mainly that's going to be IT, obviously, people that can back up all the operation part. Sure, sure. Like all the enrollment. Uh, database, uh, database, database works, servers, uh, yep. server administration. Programming, of course. Yeah. Video production, audio production, games. Gaming for education is... I, don't know many people that knows about that too oh, as well okay, okay. because it's not only taking the content it's creating something more dynamic more right so gamifying the education gamifying education right yeah. okay i gotcha wow it's really very important. i have seen uh, some examples of games in in education sure. like for universities and well and even even amazing. when i started even when i started learning spanish and i think it's evolved into rosetta stone i think oh yeah of where, course. You, where you have a, a game you play and and the narrator is telling you the words as you're going through the game right exactly that's so how so like imagine like you creating a business model using a a game right. to create a business uh, how to launch your minimal viable product and you have a game for that or case right. or, yeah, or like, a like simulation a, a or simulation or case history exactly yeah and uh there's a lot of interaction uh additional interaction like between that's very important like to to establish but how do you say that uh, social interaction between students as well right so okay. all that i mean there's a lot of people from the internet marketing that will have a lot of uh, things that they can develop on on for education. A lot of skills that are transferable to this. Absolutely. Content, 
content development, like all yeah. the all the the editing part of the content, like all the grammar, all the. Uh, sure. I mean, you need to learn how to because we receive from teachers, professors that have been for many years teaching. Uh, I don't know accounting one, two, yeah. three. I don't know. Oh my God, it's really bad. Like they give you, <laughs> they don't know how to deliver content. Like they That's don't know. Their expertise, yeah. The other thing is project management for these programs, for these right. projects. Part of my expertise is project management. And I have taught my people to, to manage and they have to deal with experts. So they have to establish a relationship. They have to uh, make them understand what's the deliverable of all of what they're doing like yeah, and how it's to not track easy. it and how to quality assure it and we created a, a list of deliverables so they can okay oh now i understand you want me to yeah. do an assignment yes but your, your assignment should be like this okay and they learn they they get it for the uh, for the bcat bcat is the visual arts and design uh, school for this part of our our schools their programs are way more difficult because it's well 3d animation and mm. gaming and uh, uh, industrial design so the quality of the content has to be really good because sure. you're you're talking about like designers or potential designers here and they know how to use softwares and how to use uh, computers so right. it has to be reflected it, it has to be really good yeah. so we have had like really good instructors, but we have taught them to as well, what do we need? What do we want? Because they don't know, they can just send you a- Sure. I have had like instructors sending me copy paste from a pay website, like, oh. and that's the content. Why are you doing this? This is not even legal. Yeah. And they say, well, you want content. I'm sending you content. Oh, yeah. Well, no, you have to create the content. Like, uh, wow. and there's many people don't know. Yeah. Probably people that have been teaching at a university level for many years, they know all the pedagogy part and the academic part. Let's say that how to set up an assignment. They have all the theory, but most of our instructors that are college level, they're industry experts. So right. they, they don't know much about that and they will appreciate if you teach them. But if not, just know what to ask them for and they will yeah. do it. And you will have to obviously put it all together and make it um, an engaging uh, course. Awesome. Well, this has been a very enlightening uh, conversation. Thank you, Bernie. You Absolutely. My eyes to a lot of aspects on on uh, e-learning and that whole process. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're you're a busy man with all that. You're welcome. No, Bernie, thank you very much. I'm very excited to, to be part of your podcast. Thanks, Bernardo. Thank you, Bernie. Take care. Bye-bye. Take Have a good day. And that concludes this Bernie Chats. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, like, share, and feel free to comment. Thank you for supporting the channel. I look forward to seeing you on the next Bernie Chats.